It's been three years of the Sports Greatest Podcast. One of the topics that has been most on my mind is leadership and how do we change ourselves? How do you affect change within our work? How do you handle the seasons of change? My guest today is an OG in this business, Rob Knox. He is Associate Athletic Director for Strategic Communications at UNCG. His work has appeared in Slam Magazine. He's covered some of the biggest and most notable Hall of Fame athletes of our time, including Kobe Bryant, Don Staley, Allen Iverson, and Lisa Leslie, just to name a few. You know Rob. You know him as the past president of the College Sports Information Directors Association of America, aka COSIDA. He spent five years at Towson as the main contact for the Tiger men's basketball program. Rob has also had stops at Coppin State University, ESPN in Bristol, and Lincoln University. Rob is an award-winning communicator with over two decades of experience working in the media, including sports information. He's worked for a newspaper. He's worked in television. He's a renowned storyteller. And today he does it by stringing words together, telling stories of student athletes and painting the picture with his words of athletic departments via social and digital. He's an expert at mentoring and leading others, something that I truly respect and admire about him. And he's also a force of change in the college athletic space. You can read Rob's work on sportsgreatestpodcast.com. He's the author of a six-part leadership series titled Lessons Learned, where he shares based on his experiences, his contacts, his knowledge in this business. And the blog is dedicated to inspiring creatives, communicators, and social media managers to becoming better leaders. In today's episode, we discuss how to change ourselves as leaders, how can we change the organizations we work for, and the timely topic of how to help black professionals in the college athletics space. This is not about exerting more force or energy. Instead, we talk about removing barriers, building bridges, creating new relationships. If leadership and change is something you're trying to achieve as a part of your life, as so many who tune in are, this episode is for you. It's dedicated to you. And with that, I'll get out the way. Hey, Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, we we talk so much. We talk offline. You know, we talk uh, texting and DMing and things. So, you know, I'm really excited to to really talk about some of the things that that you and I talk offline and share that conversation with the community. Yes, you know, I owe too because uh, you know I feel like we've had like all these really great conversations. Like I remember one time you and I we we spoke for over an hour. Uh, when I was driving from Berlin to Pennsylvania, I mean, that could have been his old podcast, right? There. <laughs> right. I was like, why are we recording? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, well, hey, one of the things about having you on, right? And, and we talking a lot of people, you're a known entity. Um, in our space, but I want to talk to you, you know, you kicked off, you and I have collaborated on what I think has been a well-received project, which has been um, the Sports Creatives podcast leadership series which you've written i mean you've just really 
crushed it. it. You know, you've got three of them in, you know, first one was focusing on strength. The second one was adversity can uh, be a catalyst for change. The last one really, really, really touched a lot of people because of leadership. You talked about a lot of what's going on with our country with, you know, a lot of black people's intentional leading during these times. But I, but I, but I want to back up and say, you know, Rob, when we sat down and I called you to say, hey, you know, we talked about that. Talk about the process. And what did you want? What do you want creatives and communicators and digital folks to walk away with with this series that you're you're doing? Well, first of all, you know, it's, it's been a blessing to to have this platform and to be able to share some of my experiences. And, you know, I'm just thankful for people like you and uh, others that have poured into me and have, that have invested into me in my career uh, to, to, since I've been in college athletics. And I think for me, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for creators and anybody in communications is that, you know, you can lead from anywhere that, in the organization because leadership is about influence um, right. more, than, more than it is title. So um, no matter what your role, no matter what you're doing, if you're part of an organization, then you can lead from anywhere. So my goal was to, one, empower uh, empower everybody to say, you know what, this is my voice, this is where I am, and I can, this is what I can do from, from this position here. The work that I do can make a difference because ultimately everything that we all do makes it um, is impactful for uh, college athletics and in the college athletic space, whether it's creating a really fire graphic, whether it's really right. writing a really good personal story about somebody, helping um, development raise money, helping to tell the story of our programs. So everything that we do connects to the um, to the athletic department's mission, which ultimately connects to the university's mission. So for me, the way to go about that, and you know, we we still have three more to go. I still don't have topics for those just yet, but. For me, to accomplish that is I feel that the best way to do it is one, focus on your strength. Because I think if you focus on your strengths, then, then you, you are already in a position of power. You're already confident because you know what you do well. You know what you can do. And what you can do helps the, helps the, um, the university, helps the athletic department. Uh, having adversity be a catalyst for change, I thought it was important for me to share a story of when I didn't have a good time with a coach or I didn't have um, a good experience with a coach early in my career. Uh, because I think that sometimes people think that, well, that's Rob and he's so perfect. He's had this, he's coached by the president. He did right. this, this, that, the other. And he's doing all these wonderful things on social media and mentoring and things of that nature. And I'm blessed with those opportunities, but those opportunities don't happen without me looking at, looking myself in the mirror and saying, you know what? I need to humble myself. I need to, continue to learn. I need to continue to grow. I need to figure out how to effectively work with coaching. So as I'm going through my career, my relationships have gotten better because I've focused on the relationship piece. I've focused on the person and I've made it a point to be intentional. And I think you'll hear me talk about intentionality a lot through this podcast because I think that's the the single biggest key in everything that's going on and everything you can do in your career is really be intentional about what you were watching, what you were consuming, what you're talking about, the spaces that you're in and the work that you're going to do or planning to do. Wow. Yeah. I, I th- And I think that's why this this series, right, is, is so key, because you hit on some things that people normally are not talking about in our space. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, because I think sometimes 
um, you know, and it depends what, where you at, what, what your role is in creative. Because sometimes you have the people in the trenches that, you know, they're looking at just the content piece of it. They look right. at their craft and they're really good at. I could never let me make a disclaimer. I will never be <laughs> a, a biographic content designer <laughs> like uh, like now at, at NC State or anybody like that. I have so much respect for them, and, and, and they do they do a phenomenal job. And then you have others that are, you know, making those decisions and fitting that in, into the overall direction of the athletic department's programming. So I think that it all becomes relevant um, in some way, shape, or form, whether you're just starting out in your career as, you know, just as a graphic assistant or if you were leading a uh, enterprise like down at Clemson. So I think that it, it, it all goes into the strategy and it goes into, um, again, what's the best way to get the message out, get eyeballs, get recruits, get money. And it, and, and, and the good thing about our, <laughs> the good thing about our business is there's no one size fits all. You know, obviously, if there was, everybody would be like Clemson. Everybody would be, you know, doing what NC State is doing. Everybody would be doing what Duke is doing and things of that nature. But every every school is different. Every school is unique. Every school has their strengths, and every school is special because of that. Yeah. You know, one of the things, too, about this leadership series, you know, kind of building on what you're talking about is I think when we sat down and, and, and talked about this series, um, it's, it's so timely right now, right? And I don't think we could have predicted that, right? And so I think you, you hit on a key point early. You said, you know, basically that anybody can be a leader anywhere in the organization. Doesn't matter about your title. You're saying that it's about influence. And I think we're seeing that not just in college sports. We're seeing this across our entire culture, right? We're seeing leaders emerge, people sharing visions, doing different things, um, in terms of leadership. And I want to talk about how creative leaders and organizational leaders, how can they improve on increasing staff? Um, and we're talking about having more uh, uh, black people working for athletic departments and, and not just doing a box thing. We're talking about how do we increase that? And also, how do we increase the voice of black people who are within the organization? So existing people and these new people that we would bring into an organization. Right. Wow. That's, that's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> so uh, uh, let, let me start by saying, let me start by the um, the first, the second part of the question as far as, um, you know, increasing um, black faces in this space. Uh, and I think it, I think it goes back to, again, um, being intentional about um, our hiring, being intentional about the outreach, being intentional about um, sharing what it is what we do, because um, I think sometimes, uh, and it's kind of the same thing, not only with creative, but even in athletic communications, I think that a lot of times we don't necessarily share share what we do with people and kind of let them understand the value and the roles that we have and the fun that comes along with being a graphic designer and or an athletic communicator, despite, you know, you know, we always talk about the long hours and the endless road trips and the coaches went stuff, uh, 25, eight and 380 days a year. <laughs> we, you know, we, we right. always focus on that part or coaches, you know, wanting this and wanting that and, and, you know, administration wanting different things. You know, sometimes we focus on the, the negative a lot. And I wouldn't even say it's negative because if you think about it, the way it, the way 
athletics, college athletics has evolved. Every sport is 365 days a year. Absolutely. From your, you know, from your women's golf to your squash to your football to your men's basketball, every single because to every to every coach and every athlete that plays that specific sport, it matters to them. Yeah, it's the very you know? most important. And so, unfortunately. Um, a lot of us are juggling, you know, three or four sports. If we are in shops where we're just responsible for three or four sports, but then there's some of us that have 17 sports and we're a one person shop. So now, now it becomes uh, important to prioritize and they kind of, you know, again, go back to figuring out what the mission is and being intentional about doing that work. So, but having said all that, you know, what, what people don't see is, you know, how much fun it is to, like, really cre- be creative. It's like going back to, like, fourth or fifth grade, you know, because I look at my son, and my son, he, he's into drawing comics and, and you know, for things, and my daughter's coloring, and, and you just look at the joy on their faces when they create and they're doing stuff, and I think that's the same joy and passion that we all have in this field, whether that play communications, uh, creating, you know, so a piece of content that, that's really meaningful or creating something that's, um, that goes viral. So I think that um, we need to be intentional with our outreach and uh, recruit and, you know, go into sport management classes where we can, um, when people are looking for work studies to it, so, um, you know, however that process is, go, you know, speak with them and just kind of, you know, be on Twitter and say, hey, we're looking for uh, – <laughs> Student that you know, we're looking for students to help us in graphic design. You don't have to, you know, be an expert. You know, I got lucky, you know, I got lucky when I was at Towson. I had a couple of really good students, obviously, uh, because we couldn't pay them. You know, I couldn't necessarily demand what I wanted to from them, but I was appreciative of the work that they were able to do in the time that they were able to promote. And I think for us, you know, we were able to help them build a portfolio and kind of show them the the impact of their work and how it mattered. So, so I think to get more blacks in this space, we have to be creative. We have to be outreach. And then we have to be our own network, too. Like, we have to support one another. We have to support black creatives. We have to support black um, sports information directors, and we can't tear them down. So if there's, you know, if there's somebody out there that's doing a really great job um, in our space, you know, we shouldn't try to compare ourselves with terrible girl, like, oh, look at that graphic, that looks a mess, or yeah, so can't write. If they have, no, let's outreach, let's reach out to people, let's establish that network. And that's, I think that's one of the things that I've prided myself on throughout my career is if I know somebody's doing a really good job, I'm going to reach out to them and establish a connection because I don't know down the road if I'm going to be in a position to, um, to hire somebody then I may be able to, you know, oh, well, I know this person down there. Now, I may not have the money for them, but at least I know this person, or uh, or they may be hiring, they may need somebody like me. Right, right. <laughs> or on senior staff. And then I think it's also imperative, uh, you know, I've been lucky um, to be in a lot of spaces that I used to dream about the last few years and being around a lot of um, influential athletic directors. Um, and, you know, a lot of them have, have asked me about the athletic communications profession and the graphic in the graphic, uh, the creative positions. So, you know, I've been able to educate with confidence um, a lot of athletic directors, which I think has helped um, elevate my sphere of influence and my sphere of impact because now when some of these openings are happening, you know, they do, they do, some of them do pick up the phone and call me or text me and say, hey, we, you know, we, we want to be intentional about hiring somebody of color. So I think it, it goes back to being intentional. 
So you you think it definitely we got to get to the classes we got to because 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 what you're talking about right is sometimes you someone could work somewhere and you could have an office a creative department or you could have a, a, a an SID office and they could go five years six years without a black student going in and that's really the pipeline so you're saying we need to work on that pipeline from the beginning to to uh, recruit and educate in terms of what the business is to to students exactly exactly i think i think that's i think that's really important i know you know obviously i think you know the the ncaa does a does a terrific job with um with their programs um the ethnic and women um minority grant um where there have been so uh sids that have worked at at two-year schools I mean, not two years because they've worked two years at you know at a Division three school um, in in those uh, sports information areas. And, you know, again, I've been lucky to to speak to to and meet a lot of uh, you know young and up and coming um, SIDs and have uh, creative uh, content designers uh, during my career. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not a hiring manager right at this moment. But <laughs> so so as much as I love them and, and want them with me, and selfishly. Um, the best I could do is advocate for them on their behalf and just, you know, continue to have conversation and connections with them. And it was interesting. Um, I just want to share a couple of stories real quick of just how, how intention, you know, how intentionality really, um, really works when you, when you are an ally, you just want to be intentional is, um, when I, one of I think it was like 2015, I learned that there was a African American working in the sports information department at FDU, and I'm like, wow, um, FDU, you know, the mm-hmm. division one, I know that's similar to us. Let me just reach out to her, like blindly email her. Right. Uh, I mean, and no more. I mean, it helped. I mean, I felt confident in doing it because I did have some cloud at the time. I was on the co-founder of the board. I think I was like either the third VP or the second VP. So I think that does help give me a allows me some instant credibility right from the start. Um. But you know, I ended up um, reaching out to her, and you know, we we um, established um, just regular emails from time to time. She got a job at Hartwick, and then um, ultimately we became paired together as mentors in the Cosida um, Mentor Program, which is one of the best programs ever invented. Uh, happy to That's be amazing. you know be on the board when when that happened. Uh, we became mentors, and um, you know, we really you know we really connected uh, from there. And now, you know, she used to work with the New York Liberty. Now she's working with the the, the G League team in um, in um, Westchester. So um, you know, you just you just kind of see that full circle. Then it does then it does my heart good when I'm able when ads call say, hey, I got somebody I want you to mentor. Do you mind uh, reaching out and mentoring them? And no matter what I'm doing, if an ad calls and asks me to mentor somebody and reaches out to me, I'm going to make time for that person. And again, it goes back to being intentional. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me use that word, but I think that everything in college athletics, especially now, we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional with everything that we do. It has to be part of our daily, has to be part of our daily routine. Yeah, I love it. So what you're saying is it doesn't matter if you have a job in this business. It doesn't matter if you started um, yesterday. You can begin today mentoring, growing um, other people. Yes. Yep. Yep. And, you know, and be open to it. You know, you know, I think, you know, two, two, about two and a half, three years ago, I learned that when I got on the co-side of board, I was meeting, I was interacting with so many athletic directors and associate athletic directors and senior women administrators. 
uh, from all levels of college athletics, Division Three, Division Two, Division One, and the same mutual respect that he had for me, I had for them. But there came a point where I knew that I needed more for my growth than I had, than I was already receiving or already had or had done. Uh, and part of that was, you know, going to the NSA, you know, being selected for the NSA Leadership Institute where I met, um, you know, my, my cohort, which is like, my, you know, my family for life. Uh, but the other part of it was, you know, being smart enough to know that one day I wanted to be in the role that I am now as, a, as an associate AD for strategic communications or, you know, down the road may potentially an associate athletic director or an AD, but I knew I needed more. So I ended up having to, I, I, I don't want to look at it and say it's like a bad thing. So I don't want to come off sound bad, but I was smart enough to understand that I needed to reach out to China Jude, who's a good friend of mine right. and say, you know, China, China Jude was at mentored. the university of Wyoming, uh, Wyoming. Mm. like China. I need to be mentored. I need help. What can I do? at my level to prepare me to get to where you've been as an AD before. You know, people like Ed Scott at, at Morgan State, what can I do to um, improve my critical thinking skills or what do you think I need that's going to help me get to that next level? People I respect and people that respect me where, where you know, you're like, you don't look at it as I'm begging you for your help. You know, they, they were like willing to help me. They were willing to assist me. So, so once you so once you once you get that done, and then you got people like Renee, you know, Doctor Doctor Renee Miles down in Miami, you know, that take time out their schedules to text you back, to call you, and I say, what's going on? Let, let me listen to you. Right, right. You know, so with so the best way I can pay them back is by paying it forward. Right. All right. So let me ask you. So so speaking of finding, you know, the voices. Because one of the, the things that I hear, and you know, because of this uh, platform is that I obviously talk to a lot of creatives and, you know, have conversations and mentor, um, you know, some individuals. And one of the challenges that I've heard is that people is, is using their voice, finding their voice and finding how black people can speak up about things and use their voice in a way that works within the athletic department. What what has been your experience? What advice do you have um, for for black professionals who are listening? Uh, I would say be yourself, be your authentic self, and and make and make sure you uh, make sure you're prepared to have a why behind what you're doing. Uh, I think that's I think that's so um, so important uh, because it, it it is hard, and I think that now when when it's a time and space now where. Uh, where our voices matter and our voices are being heard more. So this is like the perfect time to take advantage of our voices and uh, our student athlete voices because they need us. They're looking at us. Yep. And, you know, I didn't realize this until maybe a couple of weeks ago that our student athletes are looking at us for leadership. They're looking at us to see what we're going to do. They're, going to, they're looking at us to see if we are practicing what we preach because, um, you know, student athletes really don't care about what you accomplished. You know, they want to know if you if you are real and if you want to help them. So I think that a couple ways to, to amplify your voice is one: don't be scared, don't be nervous. Uh, know in your heart that you're doing the right thing. Know that serving a purpose, and you know, uh, minority voices and the minority experience helps. It's it's needed, and 
as part of you know educating as part of as far as educating others that don't necessarily share the same background or experiences as us or have have stories of when we see a police car drive past us, we immediately look around and make and make sure that the police officer isn't turning back around to follow us. Or right, right. You know, when we get pulled over, we don't, you know, when we're pulled over, we are hoping not to become a hashtag. So, right, right. So I think that, you know, voices are important. I think they matter now. I think that uh, one of the best things out there is what the San Antonio Spurs are doing right now called Spurs Stories, where they're having people share personal stories. They had Greg Popovich on there not too long ago. They had um, an, an employee, a, a black employee series. on there share his experience. Obviously, we saw the wonderful video of Tim Duncan um, sharing his his experience a couple weeks ago, which is you know really scary when you think about it. And uh, Gene Smith from Ohio State shared something when he was in um, at Arizona State. So this this is real, and our student athletes really need us right now. Um, and if they have stories, I saw stuff the University of Maryland just recently did, um, like art stories or stuff like that, where I, I guess she played softball, softball student athlete eloquently wrote a really good piece. Um, so that's something that, you know, everybody should go check out on um, umterps.com. Um, tell her, right, it's her name. And I mean, you know, so I think that you can't, you have to be authentic, you have to be intentional and, you know, understand that. <laughs> Our voices matter. Our stories are important. Right. Right. You know, and, and, you know, I think you hit on some really good points and, you know, I, I want to kind of shift also too, because I know you and I both received and in, 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 in full transparency, we've talked about this. You've received a lot of heartfelt texts and emails and DMS from coworkers, you know, asking, Hey, what can I do as an ally to help you know, black creatives and black communicators within our space. How do you answer these questions um, about what can be done? What can others do to help out? Jay, that's, that's a really difficult question. And it's a really, it's really challenging. Um, you know, aside from, you know, aside from the obvious of, you know, um, go, you know, educate yourselves on, um, right. on our history and our culture, um, you know, go read, you know, Tanishi Coates' book, Between the World and Me, I think is so phenomenal, so powerful, and so, you know, as somebody that has a, a nine-year-old son who's about to be a teenager in four years, um, I'm yeah. scared. I'm, yeah. like, really scared for for the world that, that we're in, um, but I'm also encouraged by the direction that things are moving, and I feel like this is, I feel, feel like that there's some real progress happening, obviously, you know, with NASCAR banning the Confederate flag. Um, that's a, you know, that that's a great start. Uh, student athletes have a lot more power now, um, a lot more influence. And it's great that they're not afraid to, um, to wield that and use that. Uh, because I think that, you know, you have people listening, you have people talking. So, um, you know, have those uncomfortable conversations, uh, be, be uncomfortable with this. Good. We're uncomfortable every day in our skin as, 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 as a black person, we're uncomfortable every, every day. Right. You know, I was, um, right. back in two, you know, from 2000, to 2005, I was the only black sports reporter at the uh, Delaware County Valley Times. Yes. I've been you there. Know, yes, sir. Working, you know, working in a predominantly white County. Right. You know, you know, going to, you know, different high schools, um, where I'm the only black face in the, in, in the stands and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it, it is scary. It's uncomfortable. But you got to have those discussions. You know, sit down, talk, listen. Um, but I think more importantly, um, at the higher level, be intentional about um, you know look around your space. 
you know what, we we need another, we need, um, you know, a person of color here in this role that could give us this perspective. You know, I had, um, you know, recently somebody said, you know, I don't normally, you know, I don't, don't take this as me patting myself on the back because I just feel like I'm just, because <clears throat> I, I, I'm, you know, doing the job that I was hired to do and, you know, used all my training and everything I've learned at, at my other stops. But, you know, one of my coworkers made a comment to me um, not too long ago, like, you know, during, during this crisis, you know, we, we were happy, we, we were really happy and fortunate to have you here because some of your other colleagues with some of their, you know, things, it came off as tone deaf, but, um, right. Right. ours, you know, ours, you know, our message was, was impactful and it resonated and, you know, people, people got it. And, you know, again, I don't take that as a, Oh, look at me, look what I did type thing or whatever like that. But when I stopped to think about it, it's important. That's why it's important to have um, black people in, 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 in spaces and in leadership decision-making spaces, because it's one thing for me to come on and talk about it and write about it and this, that, the other. But unfortunately, if I don't have the hiring power, right. You know, then my, my level of influence only extends so far, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, just be there for us. Just listen to us. When we're not in the room, uh, speak our names, speak our names that, in the rooms that we aren't in, um, you know, you want to be an ally, you know, look out for us, you know, help us out, you know, if it's a school D and a, um, administrator, uh, make phone calls on our behalf. And I'm not, and you know, there's some people that already do, that, that do that now, I'm sure, but it has to be more intentional, uh, if we want to increase the color spaces of uh, the color faces in, in um, athletic administration that that um, controls hiring, that, that controls those uh, um, decisions at, at, at the highest level. Yeah. And to your point, I, I want to jump in here real quick because I think you're on a key point because, I mean, just in transparency, there's not a lot of hiring uh, 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 black people in our space. So, you know, I think in one of our, the things that allies can do is make sure and, you know, at least, um, you know, consider a diverse pool of black people to, to be considered. Because I think what we both know is that people generally hire people they know. Right. And so, you know, if you have those relationships with peers, myself, you have other people and, and you look and say, Hey, we have a marketing position. We have a create, you know, a graphic design, you know, seeking out and calling like, Hey, do you, you know, do you have some people that you think would be good for this position? This is what we're looking for. And I think if we, if we get that route and, 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 uh, it start there, that might be a good opportunity, you know, because you have to be in the conversation, you know, if you're not in the pool, it's hard to get hired. Right. And 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 that, I think and, and I think that goes back to you. My favorite word again. I think it goes back to being intentional on on a two way street because if you are a young creative or you are a creative in this space, um, I think it's important to to seek out those people that um, are in roles that you envision yourself in or get part of, get on those hiring calendars or get on those you know phone calls or whatever the case may be. And sometimes you may just have to just be blind and and um, and just, you know what, I want to be like Ed Scott, so let me just shoot Ed Scott an email saying, you know, I just want to go on your calendar for like 15, 20 minutes just to talk shop with yeah. you or to, yeah. you know, um, I like the, I like the work that you do. And, you know, and one thing about us as people, and this is no matter what role you're, you're in or what industry you're in, um, if you're following somebody's career and you compliment their career and they don't necessarily know you, I think instantly that's going to help you gravitate to that person a little bit more. Sure. You know, I know that 
you know, it's funny, you know, I take you and I, for example, like we knew of each other, but for me, for you to understand the depth of the work and the things that I've done and bring that to my attention without me even knowing that, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, so, so I think that, um, I think that it's important that, that you all, um, be intentional in, in that, in that aspect as well. And it kind of, um, you know, let people know who you are. And it's hard because again, it, you don't let people know who you are by like shouting it out from the rooftops and say other, you know, but again, it goes back to leadership being and having influence. Because uh, people in college athletics, it's, it's, a, it's a small world. Like everybody knows each other in college athletics. And, but the thing is, they know, people deep down know genuinely when good work is occurring somewhere outside their campus. Yep. Yep. Now switching gears up a bit. Um, I, I want to get and talk about the written word. I feel like it's undervalued. If it was a stock, it'd be trading really lowly right now. Right. <laughs> and we know that other forms, photography, specifically video are just reigning supreme right now. And I want to talk about that. Right. Cause I think we are very intentional to use your word to do a written series, our first written series on leadership. And I want to talk about it because you've done a fabulous job. Like I think back to the piece I, uh, that you did. I think it was uh, some UNCG students went out and, and participated, some black students in uh, some peaceful protesting there. And, and you did, did a wonderful piece that I read and I really loved it, retweeted it. But I want to talk about how can sports brands go about turning undervalued written content into gold, into content gold when everyone is kind of, you know, moving away from the written word into other things? That's a, that's a really good question. It's really interesting. Um, I think the, you know, I'm always going to love the written word because that's how I grew up. You know, I always went to be a, a sports reporter and I was blessed to accomplish that goal. And um, so for me, the written word is always going to be king. <laughs> sorry. Sorry uh, to all my creators that's listening out there. <laughs> but, uh but I think, but I think that the good part is, uh, this is you know shows my uh, evolution and 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 how I've grown throughout throughout my life, and just how the profession has changed and how you have to pivot and adapt to to the uh, environment. Uh, the the big thing is, um, there's always a place for the written word because usually the written word is about people, and people are always interested. People always have stories. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of emphasis now on storytelling, especially now more than ever, because there's no, you know, right now there's no games being played. Um, so uh, the storytelling piece is really crucial. Is um, you know you want emotionally compelling content, you want to um, really um, tug at the hearts of your readers. You really want to um, showcase personalities of your program, of your university, of your athletic department, and um, the, the written word there has tremendous value because uh, people on their phones all the time. Um, they're still clicking links. They're still reading stuff on their phones. Um, and if it's good, they're going to keep scrolling. If they get bored with it, they're going to go to something else. Uh, it's, it's the same thing with video. It's the same thing with uh, creative content. Um, you know, here's the thing I say about creative content. Uh, I love it. And I think it's good. I think a creative piece and a written piece and a video piece all you know, all works together, and I always think about um, MLB.com, and I think about ESPN.com, and and how they package the, a story. Like they they'll take a feature. I still remember the DeAndre Hopkins piece. They packaged that. They had a really lengthy feature. 
for people like you that like to read for like 30 minutes <laughs> or more. Um, <laughs> they, had a, they, had a video, they had a video component of it that was you know, a tease for the E60 um, feature that they did. So they took that DeAndre Hopkins story and, and um, utilized and packaged it into like four or five different pieces of content, which I think that, that you can do that with with your big stories, but you know, that takes planning, that takes work. Uh, but some of your, um, some of your, you know, stories that you don't, you know, you don't necessarily have time to collaborate on. I think it's about, um, being impactful with your words, choosing your words wisely, uh, and, you know, learning to be brief and to the point, which is something that I will, I've never learned to be is brief and to the point. Although I've gotten better at, you know, understanding that 400 words is just as good as 900 words. <laughs> Uh, but I think that, you know, you're right. The written word is undervalued, uh, but there's still a place for it. Uh, we still need good writers. I think that the writing aspect, um, you know, is it as strong as it once was because there's not a lot of emphasis on writing. And I think that's one of the great things that, uh, Co-Fighter has done the last few years is, uh, we've really, um, we've really made an emphasis on writing. And um, not saying that we hadn't done it before, but um, there was times where we may have, um, in our programming, because everything was digital and going digital focused, that's where we were. But we really made a concerted effort to bring in writing specialists because, again, at the end of the day, if you can write, nine times out of ten, you'll always have a job. <laughs> at least I like to think that. <laughs> but um, but um, written content to me is king, is gold. I love it. Um, I'll, well, you know, I love to write a good story um, and have some fun with it. You know, I feel like I have a unique style. I feel like I have a unique voice. Uh, it was funny when I was at the newspaper, people used to call me, especially in my neighborhood of Chester, people used to call me Stuart Scott because of the way I wrote and the way I approached things. I was like the Stuart Scott of newspapers, and he was Stuart Scott of ESPN, of course, uh, with, with how he changed um, and revolutionized uh how you know anchors did their job and he made it cool and fashionable to say certain words and people accepted that and for me writing because i like to paint pictures with words and i like to um educate entertain and engage my reader with when i uh, write so uh so i think it's you know i think it's five i mean i've adapted over the years so i've learned that um not every story needs to be 800 words i've learned that not every story has to be as flowery or, you know, you paint the beautiful trees and the wind blew this way and all the wind came and, and all that stuff. But again, I think at the end of the day, it's just part of growing it and, um, and the evolution of me. Yeah. No, I think through the leadership series with the sports Chris podcast, you've done you know, a wonderful job. Like we talked about, you've really, you know, picked on some topics and, and really push those forward to help out. And, and I think that's also speaks like you're saying to the strength of the written word. And, you know, it kind of leads me to, you know, uh, one of my final points, which is I want to talk about leadership, right? Leadership is a skill. And, you know, one of the things that I, we'd love to do on this podcast is, is talk about the start, right? Earlier you were talking about people look at your career today and you're at like the 20,000th step in the process and, and say, man, you know, right? like Rob, like Rob, he's, he's been the Cosida president. He's done this. He's written articles here. He covered Kobe Bryant. You know, he's done all these different things. He's been interviewed, you know, um, 
But I want to talk about the start. So if you're a creative today and let's say you've done nothing and then we don't even care that you've done nothing. What are three things that creatives can do today, beginning today to become better leaders uh, within their offices and their organizations to help create change for a better environment that we talk about to influence people? What do you what are three things they can do today? There's three there's three words um, to start. There's they have a couple others, but the first you know they can be authentic, accurate, and transparent because those skills are still essential. So that so that's that's overall that's the overarching thing. And then I think um, I think three things is one you have to excel in your role. Um, be you know my good friend Christine Kelly, another mentor of mine, somebody that's really helped me throughout my career. Um, you know she always says, "Bloom where you're planted." So, you know, you may not, you know, you may not like where you are right now. You may be at the bottom starting, but you know what? Be the best, be the best every day. Bring your best self. If you bring your best self to work every single day, you can't help but grow and you can't help but the people will notice that. So you have to keep doing the work. You have to keep showing up and you have to keep um, a positive attitude, you know, because again, you know, Jamie Belcher in the bus, um, he's the book, the bus, which is a really good book, highly recommended read. He said, patience isn't just about our ability to wait. It's about our attitude while we wait. Okay. Um, I like that. No, thank you. I, I, I like that as well. I, th- I, I thought that was just like really, really good. Uh, you know, supply effort and energy every day. You know, that, that's something that you can control, whether you're making $1 an hour or you're, you know, making six figures. Uh, supply every energy every day because you can you can change you can change your environment just by just by your enthusiasm by your attitude by how you approach your work how you interact with your teammates how you contribute to discussions um, you you could those are things you could control and you can make a difference and people will remember you for those things and then um, you know you you know be a lifelong learner and be coachable. You know, it's, it's it's funny. You know, you mentioned that. You know, I'm at the twenty thousand step of my leadership journey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get to the fifty. I'm trying to get to fifty thousand. <laughs> I love it. I love and, it. Never satisfied. What, right. And, and what does that look like? It means for me, I have to keep learning. I have to keep listening. I have to, you know, keep going back and improving. You know, I have to keep reading. I have to, you know, again, continue reaching out to those people that I want to aspire to. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a blessing to um, to have you know um, you know be at UNCG and 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 have and and have have a position. Um, but I go back to again um, what I said earlier is at the end of the day, you know, people read my read the release that was about me. I'm like, wow, he's really good, and and I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I wholeheartedly believe I'm good and. Uh, yeah, you got to have confidence too. And I believe that UNCG hired the right person. I believe this is a great situation, not just for me, but for UNCG. And I think that a lot of, a lot of things align and we didn't really get to talk about purpose and alignment and vision, but you know, your purpose has to align with what the institutional mission is and what the institutional culture is and everything else like that for you to really have a, a really good experience. So, um, yeah, just just keep reading and just just keep um, 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 write you know writing, designing, uh, supplying energy, and then you know as as they say we you know we talk about the patience and your attitude. Again, you know your waiting season doesn't have to be your wasting season. 
So, so again, you know, while you're waiting for the opportunity, while you're waiting for that breakthrough, it doesn't have to be a waste because you can continue doing the work and ultimately people will, um, will notice that. Wow. Rob, so many nuggets. You can listen to them on this podcast. You can also read about them. Love it. Lessons learned with Rob Knox um, with the Sports Creators Podcast Leadership Series. I want to congratulate you on your new position well, as you. Associate Athletic Director for Strategic Communications at UNCG. And I really appreciate you. No problem. And if I just leave it one last nugget, um, I just want to tell everybody out there that's listening, thank you for your time. Um, hopefully you got something out of it. And at the end of the day, just be remembered for what you gave back to the world and not what you took from it. I love it. Leaving us with another dime, another gem. Rob, we're going to have to have you on. We didn't cover everything in this leadership podcast. I'm a, Maybe after we finish the series, we'll have to have you come back on and we'll talk on some more topics. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you. All right. That wraps it up. A couple of things before we get out of here. The Sports Creators Podcast is found on sportscreatorspodcast.com. I'm J.F. Hicks. You can find me using the handle at J-A-Y, the letter F, Hicks. That's J.F. Hicks all over social media and the internet. Leave a comment or a question and I'll respond as soon as possible. Let's connect. Let's connect.